A player is blaming the Rams for the declining running back market. Who will be the Rams running back of the future? And when will the Rams get new uniforms? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your two-time Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you want to check out the video version of the show, find us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, just past 7K, trying to get to 8K, and let us know, did Todd Gurley and the Rams ruin the running backs market? What are your thoughts on the future of the position for your Los Angeles Rams? My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. Now I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him at Travis Rogers. Now, on today's show, we're talking about the Rams not getting new uniforms until 2025. Got a big uniforms update, the future of the running backs position. But we're going to start with, did Todd Gurley and the Rams contribute to the plummeting running back market in the NFL? Because Travis, Melvin Gordon, it was a few weeks ago, he says that the Rams are partly to blame for the declining running back market and Sean McVay is to blame. Now, of course, he said that it's literally the worst position in the NFL And he said, in my opinion, I think after Todd got paid and then Sean McVay came out and said, I will never pay a running back again. I'll just use them and rotate them out. I think after that statement was made and then I think they won the Super Bowl, it was like everybody just followed suit. That's where everything just started to go downhill. Now, I'll first give my thoughts on this and that when did Sean McVay say that? Exactly. (laughs) Was elite, but he also had arthritic knees. So I think this is a little ridiculous, but we're going to get into this running back conversation. Yeah, look, I, I'm glad you said that. Sean McVay never said what Melvin Gordon said he said. Sean McVay has never said, I'm never going to pay another running back again. What the Rams did was move off of Todd Gurley when Todd Gurley was no longer an effective football player. The Todd Gurley and Sean McVay didn't kill the running back position in the NFL. The rule changes change the way that running backs, running backs get used in the NFL. If anything, the Rams were ahead of the curve on this one, the way that some other teams have chased the Rams when it comes to offense and some other things, you know, draft strategies and trading for star players. This wasn't the Rams killing the running back position. This was them looking at Todd Gurley and making a decision that, look, we may have paid this guy a ton of money, but he doesn't do what we need him to do anymore. And they moved off of him earlier than other people may have done in the same thing, whether it's like a, an Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas or something like this. They said, this doesn't work for us. We'll eat the money. We're moving forward. They didn't kill the running back position. They just decided to be smarter about getting out of a bad deal sooner. It's the same thing they did with Jared Goff. It was just at a different position. Yeah, absolutely. I love how 
you bring Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, a $90 million deal. He didn't get injured, right? With Todd Gurley, had he stayed healthy, had he not had an arthritic knee, it's not like they were guaranteed to pull out of that contract because we know that Todd Gurley earned that deal, okay? He was a generational talent. 2017, 2018, he was named first team all pro, led the league in touchdowns in 2017 and 2018. But in 2019, he had a flat tire, right? It was a different story. He had a career low of 857 yards, just 3.8 yards per carry. And they pulled the plug before that extension really even took effect. Now, the other thing, too, though, is, look, the reality is that you do not need an elite running back to win the Super Bowl. Okay, we saw that. I mean, C.J. Anderson came in there in 2018. They picked him up off the street. He was effective. But in 2021, when the Rams won the Super Bowl, they were 25th out of 32 teams. They had 81.5 rushing yards per game. Look at that Super Bowl. Cam Akers had 21 yards on 13 attempts. And since 2013, no team that's won the Super Bowl has paid its leading rusher more than $2.5 million. The average salary of the leading rusher on the past 14 Super Bowls is $1.4 million. It's just a harsh reality of the position in 2023. Yeah, look, th- this is not a nobody likes running backs thing. This is not a, hey, let's all get together and collude and eliminate the future Saquon Barkleys of the world. What this is is a, a culmination of a lot of rule changes over the years that have finally got us to this point where the running back is not as valuable as he might have been one other time. Think about all the rule changes that have come into the NFL over the last 10 or 12 years. Literally, um, almost every single one of them has been designed to do one of two things, make it easier for wide receivers or make it easier for quarterbacks. Those are the two rules that come in. So if the rules, if you can't put your hands on a wide receiver anymore, if you can't hit a quarterback anymore, if you have to play all these rules where these guys are able to run in space, of course you're going to throw the ball. It's an easier way to move the ball down the field, right? This is what the, the league wants. At the end of the day, this is a television product and watching Matthew Stafford throw it to Cooper Cup is far more entertaining than watching Matthew Stafford turn around and stick it in the belly of Cam Akers. It's just a better TV product. I get it. Things change. The, the NBA used to run through guys you know, in the paint. It used to be you needed a big man to have your thing go. That was the Walter Payton of the day. That was the Emmett Smith, the Earl Campbell. Well, now it's Steph Curry from the outside. Now it's Kevin Durant, who's seven feet tall, shooting three-pointers. The game has just changed. It's not a conspiracy. It's just a cheaper, better way to do things. And that position has gone the way of the blacksmith. I mean, it still exists. But you don't need them the way that you used to because you just don't use them the way that you used to. Exactly. And you bring up the NBA and it's, yeah, the traditional center for the 90s is down the low block, banging, getting yep. rebounds. No, you got to stretch the floor, right? You got to hit some threes. You got to be Joe kids. You got to be Embiid. You got to do some different things unless you're dominant like Giannis and get get to the rim at will. Yep. So you have to be special. That's what we know. You have to be special. Look, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, they are special. But hey, if you look at the fact that you bring up receivers, a wide receiver making $10 million wouldn't even rank among the top 25 players at that position in 2023. So if I'm a running back, I'm going to start playing the receiver. I'm going to start catching the ball. And I think you bring up the rules. You bring up the want the pass, the the way the game has gone as far as an aesthetic level. Yeah, mm-hmm. running backs, they still have value, but they're replaceable. That's just the reality of the situation. But also, I think you talk about the rules. I look at 2011. If you look at 2011, when the NFL PA, they changed the rules where you push back when players can get that money. You reduce the signing bonuses they could get. And the reality is when you're a 26-year-old running back, a 25-year-old running back, there's a good chance you're going to be on the decline. Like I said, when we talked about the Cam Akers episode a couple of months ago, hey, 
They do them like Leonardo DiCaprio does ladies, right? I mean, 25-26, it's a wrap. They're done. They're ready to move on, right? And if you look at the franchise tag numbers, Travis, QBs have increased from $21.3 million in 2017 to $32.4 million in 2023. Receivers, $15.7 million to $19.7 million. In 2017, for running backs, it was 12.1 million. This year, it's at 10.1 million. It was all the way down to 8.7 million in 2021. It's tough. I mean, it's just it not a position that you pay a lot of money for. The difference between the best running back in football, say Saquon Barkley, and the average running back in the NFL is there, right? So let, let's say that Saquon Barkley is giving you a hundred. And the next best guy or the average guy is giving you 75 or 80. Okay, fine. You're getting more from Saquon Barkley. The problem is to pay Saquon Barkley is a hundred times more than the next closest guy. You're getting nearly the same production for a fraction of the price. Find a business that wouldn't do that, where I'm getting very close to the same thing at a fraction of the price. You, I, I saw something the other day where kickers on average are making more money than running backs. They're more valuable. You have to have a good kicker to win games in this league. You have to have it. You don't have to have a great running back to win games in this league. You need somebody that can play. You need somebody that can do some things. But I went back and looked at this on my radio show the other day. The last time a team was running back dominant that run, that won a Super Bowl were the Marshawn Lynch Seahawks. It's over 10 years ago. It just the, the game has changed dramatically. The best running backs in football over the last few years have been who? It's been Derrick Henry. It's been Saquon Barkley. It's been Todd Gurley. It's been Ezekiel Elliott. Zero Super Bowls. You don't have to have one of those guys. You need to have a quarterback. You need to have somebody to protect the quarterback. You need somebody to catch it. You need somebody to prevent somebody from catching it and somebody to hit the quarterback. Those five guys get paid. Everyone else kind of goes around and around, and the running backs are at the end of the merry-go-round right now. 100%. I do think there might need to be something that puts them in a situation where they can redo their contracts earlier in their career just because their shelf life isn't the same. They age like guacamole in the sun, right? Whereas other positions, you can have success later in your career. Yep. They always say the fastest car you can drive is a rental, right? You'll always go fast at a rental car. That's why you never buy a used rental car. Hey, maybe you should treat running backs like they're a car lease. If you go over a certain amount of carries by the end of the contract, they have to pay extra. But yeah, hey, I'm not going to start a GoFundMe for these running backs. They're still making a ton of money, but still, it's a very interesting conversation. We're going to continue the running back conversation here in our second segment. We're talking about the future of the running back positions for the Rams, how important it is for them to establish the run in 2023. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. Okay, take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you will land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit that first home run. All on an app that is safe, an app that is secure, an app that is super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Maybe you still think the Angels are a, a, an opportunity to get into the postseason. Maybe you know where Shohei's going to go. Maybe you want to bet an over-under on Shohei's home runs, on his triples. He had another one last night, right? So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, the official Major League Baseball betting partner. Yeah, Shohei Otani's not going to have any trouble signing a big contract, that's for sure. But yeah, Do that. 
Say, see if Saquon can lead the league in homers and triples <laughs> and have an ERA of 3.2. Then yeah. he'll get paid. He could definitely do that. He could do his <laughs> his, uh, his touchdown celebration what after a home free. run. That'd be kind of cool. But what we are off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. Locked On Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to send a special shout-out to our everyday listeners that rock with us every single day. You can join the Everyday Listeners Club, too. Membership is free. You don't have to pay a thing. Just subscribe, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. But here, Travis, in our second segment, we're going to take a look at this running back's position because this year we know it's a massive year for Cam Akers. Yep. And if you look at the future of this position, one thing that I find very interesting is because Cam Akers was injured during training camp in 2021, we know he tore his Achilles. He only played in six regular season games that year. His 2024 free agent status changed from unrestricted free agency to restricted free agency. According to NFL contract rules, a player who has played three or less accrued seasons an accrued season is six or more games in a regular season. So basically, in a nutshell, the Rams can offer him a second-round tender, about $4 million after this year. Do you anticipate that if he has a great year, if he really turns things around and is consistent and maybe puts things together, that the Rams sign him next season? I I think that there's a chance. He's such a fascinating player, right? Because when he's good, he's really good. You know, we were talking about the 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 delta between a Saquon Barkley and the next best guy. Well, you know, I'm not saying that Cam Akers is on the level of Saquon Barkley. He's certainly not, but it's close, right? He can do some things. The problem that he has is he's not on the field nearly enough. He gets hurt. He does have a little bit of a fumble bug along the way, which is the number one thing you can't have as a running back. And let's not be naive and let's not, you know, mention the most important part of all of this. He and Sean McVay have a complicated relationship. It's not that it's, you know, they got it going at the end of last year. Cam Akers probably had his best stretch as a Ram in quite some time towards the end of last season. But they also sent him home last season. I mean, and not not just to, hey, that ankle looks like it's a little swollen, go home. It's a we don't want you here, leave, kind of go home. Uh, there was no market to trade him. They brought him back. So I, I think it all depends on how he plays. Like you mentioned, DMAC, if he kills it, sure. If I see if you can find a number that works for you. But I do think that what we've been talking about in, in the first segment is in play here, that if the Rams feel that they've burned a little more tread off those tires and they don't want to re-up a running back who maybe has already had a little trouble staying on the field and maybe you get, you know, hopefully knocking on wood here, you get 17 games out of this guy coming up this season, then maybe that is the time to walk away from it. And that's the decision that Snead and McVay need to make. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a good situation for both of them. They have a lot to gain. I think if he's productive, we saw 512 rushing yards in his final six games, had those three straight 100 yards performances. But still, yeah, he was solid. But he's only rushed for 1,414 yards in his three seasons. So he hasn't put it all together. If he does that, it makes sense. That is a very favorable contract heading into the 2024 season. But, hey, they also – drafted Zach Evans, a guy who they think could be a steal in the sixth round. We know how high Sean McVay is on Kyron Williams. We know they brought in Sony Michelle this year as a veteran back and Look at the conversation we just had at where a team could win a Super Bowl. They go far without a featured running back. So I definitely think it's possible. And if you look at his season this year, is he has a lot banking on it. But I think it also comes down to how will the Rams establish the run this season? I think one of the big storylines heading into training camp is you brought in Mike LaFleur. You have Ryan Wendell. You have Ron Gold. New running backs coach. 
new offensive line coach, new coordinator that has a reputation for establishing the run. And I think they work in tandem. They establish the run. Cam Akers gets better numbers. He puts himself in a better position to sign a nice contract. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up some of those other guys, D-Mac, because whether it's Zach Evans, whether it's Kyron Williams or whoever it is, I think that's going to have a lot to do with what they do beyond this season, right? That Sony Michelle obviously is not a long-term answer. He's a guy that's been in the league for a while. He's probably not somebody that you're looking to build your team around going forward. Cam Akers, we'll see. Injury bug, we'll see. You know, performance, we'll see. But if some of those other guys, whether it's Williams, whether it's Evans or, well, you know, wh- whoever it may be, if they kind of pop, makes it a lot easier of a decision to make along the way. Again, and, and here, here it goes. Every day, will see you. I'm telegraphing the pitch. I'm letting you know right now. It's the offensive line. All of these guys' success will be dependent on whether or not that offensive line functions to allow Matthew Stafford time to throw the ball, which allows him to find Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, which allows that defense to focus on pass first, which allows guys like Cam Akers to make a little impact in the running game. It all starts with those five guys up front. If they're good, then maybe these guys do get paid a little bit. Maybe they do have some opportunities in some other places. If that offensive line is bad, next man up, and they're going to keep it moving. That's a big key. I mean, we keep harping that. It's going to sound like a broken record, but that's just the fact. That's the reality. You need that offensive line to be stable. You need them to produce. You need them to be, at the very least, league average for this team to have success, in my opinion. And Cam Akers, he's a guy last year, 36 missed tackles, forced 523 yards after contact. He can break tackles. There's no doubt about that. But he's a guy that is going to need a solid offensive line to have that success. And I think, too, if you look at this offense as a whole, you need a running game. You need to reestablish that running game because you want to control the clock. You want to move those chains. You want to grind it out so you can keep this defense that has so much youth and experience off the field as much as possible. Because, yes, we want to see Matthew Stafford light up the scoreboard and score a ton of points. But, hey, you score on explosives. You send that defense right back out there on the field. And at this point, there's such an unproven unit. I'd rather have a little more clock control this season. You bring it. Yeah, that, that's a good point. You want to be able to kind of grind out some longer drives if you can in a perfect world. I'll go back to what it looked like in the 2017 and the early part of the 2018 season. This offense, and, and I'm not saying that it's had its most success. Obviously, when they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, that was their most successful season. But this offense was at its best when Todd Gurley was a part of it. Right, that when you have that running back that is a dual threat, the way that Gurley is or was, the way that Cam Akers at times has been able to do, that's when that offense is like, I I don't know what to do here. I don't know which part to try to take away from you. And Sean McVay is a brilliant offensive mind. And once he gets you guessing one way or the other, and he's got you on tilt a little bit, look out. And that's when the Rams felt like they were scoring 40 points a night. That's when they put up that 54.9 against the Kansas City Chiefs. When those things are happening, this offense is incredibly difficult to defend if you don't have a dual threat in that backfield. And Akers has shown it at times. He hasn't just been out there consistently enough. That's when it's at its best. But again, the difference can... can I'll, I'll ask you this, D-Mac, and people can put their answers in the comments and we can get their opinions too. Here's the question. Can the Rams find another guy that's roughly as good as Cam Akers? Probably, right? It doesn't feel like he's an impossible person to replace, and that's the status of running backs, not only on this team, but across the league. Yeah, and I'll say, I mean, I'm a, I'm a draft freak. I was reading a 2025 mock draft yesterday, and I will say, hey, talk about Florida State running backs. You know, a guy, I know you're a big college football fan. I really like Benson, man. Trey Benson out of Florida mm-hmm. State, probably be a second-round pick, and a guy 6'1", 
4-3-7 speed. He's a guy I'm definitely high on. So, yeah, I definitely think you go back into the draft and draft another running back if Cam Akers doesn't work out. I think you bring up a great point about versatility. Last year, 13 receptions for 117 yards. If you want to stay on the field, you got to do a little bit of everything. And I think the big storyline for me is, Yes, he's going to get the lion's share of the reps. Yes, he's going to be that one horse back to start the year. And we know that, too, if Sean McVay thinks that you're running back that can get it done, he will feature you. We saw that with Todd Gurley. We know that he's the guy that wants to go with that bell cow back. But if he has to go to Kyron Williams, Zach Evans, or Sonny Michelle, we'll see if they even take four backs. It's going to be very interesting. But there is an opportunity for him to be that workhorse back. But, hey, the reality is Rams have not had a running back rush for 1,000 or more yards since Todd Gurley in 2018. And I think that is one of the big developments this season. Can they find a guy that can get close to giving you above-average consistent production? It's going to go a long way in helping this team. And also, I want to mention one more thing, too. Take the burden off of Matthew Stafford because we we need yeah. to have Stafford not just be being dependent on to throw 50 touchdowns regular season, postseason combined like we saw in 2021. All of this happens if the five guys up front are good or at least good enough. Maybe you, know, maybe you don't have the greatest offensive line in the history of the NFL, but are they good enough? Are they good enough to help Matthew Stafford? Are they good enough to help Cam Akers? Are they good enough to keep the defense, uh, the Rams defense that is, off of the field for extended periods of time? If that's all of these other things we talk about, will be, you know what, that's better than I thought if those five guys up front are better than we thought. 100%. I do want to mention one more thing about Todd Gurley that, hey, I love the fact that how he handled when he was released, his tweet, his legendary tweet, when he said, I got fired on my day off, like the Friday line. So we want to see the same thing happen to Cam Makers. We want to see the vibes up if he gets pushed for that position, that he goes in there and he produces. But coming up here in our final segment on Locked On Rams, we have a uniform development that you won't want to miss. When will the Rams be getting new uniforms? That's coming up next on Locked On Rams. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. Locked On Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available on YouTube, so if you want to find the video version of the show, join the party on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and let us know down below in the comment section how do you feel about the Rams uniforms. Do you want to see newer uniforms earlier? And also, shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you. Now, here, Travis, in our final segment, we're going to kind of continue a conversation we had a few weeks ago about the Rams uniform situation. Kevin Demoff, he was on Jordan Rodriguez's podcast on The Athletic, and he said, we're not going to introduce a new jersey this season. We looked at a lot of different concepts over the past year, and none of them felt like the right jersey to introduce. At this time, at this moment, whether it was looking at true alternates or throwbacks from different concepts, historically, there was nothing that seemed like a great fit. So... My first takeaway, Travis, is it almost feels like, why aren't you going with the new uniforms? Do you think you're not going to win? Are you worried about players moving? I mean, I don't know. This is very interesting for a team that has thrown in a lot of uniforms and has talked a lot about adding uniforms almost every year or two. Yeah, you wonder if it's not just a, let's take a break, that if we're rolling something new out every single year, people are going to have a hard time catching up, that you want to sell what you have, that you want people to get what you have currently and then let them catch their breath because as we know, this stuff is not free, right? That you got to you got to dig a little bit to get some of this stuff. I know fans love it. I, you, you and I, I think that our, our credentials are well established as uniform guys. We love to talk uniforms and helmets and things that come along. Um, I, I, the thing that I'd love more than anything else, I'd love to see a little bit of a throwback action. That, and I don't know if you kind of 
the new throwbacks that we've seen before, something go back to more of the classic Rams horn helmet along the way. But uh, they have such an unbelievable palette to begin with. I love the colors. I love the logos. They're in a great spot. Even if they take a year or two off to kind of let everybody catch up, I love what they've done with their uniforms over the last few years. Yeah, I'm not totally against this. I like the consistency. I think what they found with a modern throwback jersey, if you look at rankings, it's consistently up there with some of the best in the league, and they moved it to their permanent road uniform. So I love that. You look at the home uniforms, the blue. I don't know how I feel about the gradient. I definitely didn't like it at first. I've warmed up to it. I've seen some pretty nice photoshops where they just go solid yellow on the numbers that I kind of like. Where are you at on the gradient, though? I've always wanted to know. It, It doesn't work for me. I, I don't hate it, but I, I'm more of a solid number kind of guy. I think that that would pop a little bit more, like you're talking about on those, you know, the the new throwbacks, the one that they use on their road uniforms. I think that just with the blue number, that just looks incredibly clean and incredibly nice. The only one, though, that really makes me go, eh, is when they do the bone on bone. And thankfully, they haven't done that much. That that was something that I don't think that was particularly well received. I don't think we're going to see a lot of it. I don't love that jersey. I don't love those pants. But when you just get the, the the white jersey with the blue sleeves, those are those are pretty tight. The gradient, I can live with it. I just don't love it. I'm with you 100%. I don't hate it, but I definitely think that, hey, it would look cleaner. It would match the white uniforms yeah. if you just go with the solid color. I'm a little out on the bone-on-bone, bone too. I mean, at first, I tried to like the idea. I like the concept. I think it's an interesting idea. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think forget about new uniforms. Let's focus on these throwback uniforms, especially yeah. with the ability to add the helmets. You can go fearsome, foursome era. You can bring back. We haven't even seen this version, we haven't seen Matthew Stafford in the classic blue and yellow Rams uniforms. Definitely want to see that. But yeah, he also said that a different idea would have to pop up next year that we've already explored. I think the earliest we're probably looking at is 2025. So we'll see. Hey, hopefully they don't just go with an egregious, gratuitous black jersey or something like that. Just only do something if you believe in it. But you bring up the price too. let these guys catch up. Yeah. Let people get all their uniforms before you throw out some new ones. Yeah, no, look, they're they're I love them. I, I think that they're cool. I'd like seeing them. And, and and I'll I'll be honest, I like that the Rams have been bold in how they've operated in their uniforms. That when they decided, you know, never mind the St. Louis ones that had the gold, those never really worked on me. But when they came back and they had the white helmets and they were kind of figuring out, and then they redesigned the the Ram horn helmet along the way. I'm like, eh, it really grew on me. I, I've really come to like it a great deal. So I do like that they're innovative. I do like that they're willing to do it, but when you're asking for what you're asking for with these uniforms every single year, you got to give people a chance to put a little money aside to, to get the latest. A, a new one every year is a big ask. Yeah, and as someone that uh, rocks uniforms, I'm pretty much in retirement when it comes to getting uniforms. I don't really get them a lot. I have like a Kershaw. Some of the big names, the Donald one, I rock. But really, I ended that a few years ago. I know your boy Jim Rome. He has some very interesting takes about adults wearing other guys' <laughs> names on their back and wearing uniforms. I mean, what's your stance? Do you have a uniform policy? Mine is only game day. And really, unless it's a game day, you can't wear double merchandise. You can't go hat and uniform on like a random Tuesday at the grocery store. But you have a policy. What's your take on that, Travis? I will support your double your double uh, swag at the grocery store. That's always a, an interesting moment where you're like, what, what exactly is going on over there? Is it a game day or what? Yeah, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not a huge jersey guy, like just around. I'm more of a hat guy, but I, I love looking at them. I don't. I don't buy them a ton. I've been given a few as, as gifts and, and whatnot over the year. And I always I always cherish the ones that I'm given, but I'm not a huge wear the jersey guy. I'm more of a put on the hat guy. 
Yeah, they need to sell the quarter zips and have like Travis Rogers on the back. Have your name yeah. on the back, like T Rogers. Some of you should like, merch it's on brand. Down, it's, it's on iconic, brand. But... A little quarter zip. And by the way, here are the three colors that would come in: gray, black, and navy blue. Those are the oh. three colors. <laughs> That's it. Right? That's, That's the color palette right it. there. But if you want to go Rams head to toe, hat, jersey, pants, shoes, by all means, rev your Rams. That's the most important thing. Me, only rocking the jersey on game day. If it's not on game day, I'll wear the jersey just with no hat. It's not going head to toe. But <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. You can follow Travis Rogers on Twitter at Travis Rogers, the people's champ. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And until next time, whose house is Locked On Rams house?